There he is. Jeez, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? Not much, dude. Cleaning some tanks, trying to package some beer. What's going on with you? Sounds about right. Just enjoying another day in paradise. My dogs were totally chill, getting ready for the next installment of the Let's Go podcast with MJ. And now they feel like having a wrestling match, of course. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not upset about it, man. Indy and David are, are two of the best dogs going on in the game right now. I would be upset to hear anything else. Yeah, yeah, they're they're good boys, but they're both lunatics. I don't know where they get that from. How'd you do, man? How you doing? What do you what you what you cook today? Oh man, today was today was a weird day. Uh, they're all weird these days. But I started off. I had a bunch of chicken in my fridge, and I had the leftover panko breadcrumbs from the shrimp I made the other day. So I took the chicken breast, the boneless chicken breast, trimmed that off, made some katsu chicken, Japanese style, tremendous. Had it with the leftover teriyaki sauce. And I grilled the bone-in chicken breast. And I'm going to make chicken salad out of that for tomorrow. All right, right on, dude. Dude, like, easily the best Instagram going in the game right now. At least that I follow. <laughs> Not that I follow many people, but, like, it's been sustaining me through this fucking crisis. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's sustaining it's, uh, me, too. I mean, what else is there to do? Just got to try to put out some nonsense content and go with it. Dude, I think that I, like, I've, I'm more or less, like, I've more or less, like, basically through an audiobook watching you reread and retained more of salt, fat, acid, heat than, <laughs> than, than I got through the first pass actually having the text in front of me. It's, uh, it's been wild, man. And the thing is, that book is actually a really good book, but it didn't have to be as long as it was. I mean, they should have made a, read- a Reader's Digest version. Just the basics yeah. of cooking. I love it. More illustrations, you know, less less text. Fantastic. I love the stories. Stories are great, but uh, but yeah, no, they could have cut that down a little bit. What's uh, what's on the menu for the rest of the week? I don't know. I'm actually going to be busy tomorrow and Wednesday, so I might just eat this pile of leftovers I have in my fridge now. Because wow, that's horribly disappointing. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like the last thing I wanted to hear. <laughs> I'm sure I'm mixing something, but I got nothing on the dance card. Nothing planned. All right. All right, right on. Yeah, we, need, uh, we need some fish market and some uh, Union Pork Store to, to get in the game right now. Yeah, Freeman's is holding it down, but uh, the pork store closed. They're closed for uh, indefinitely. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's horribly disappointing. I know. That's why, like, all last week I did seafood because I had no choice. Shit. Well, no, in, in, in lighter news, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm back to supermarket chicken, which, you know, I've been spoiled by Jobby. Life Does the job. Dude, I used to have this guy that I would work with at, uh, at Kane who, like, to be frank with you, when he started working at Kane, like, we were taking bets at, like, how long he would last. He was just, like, the tiniest kid. Um, and we were, we were sure that we would break him from a labor standpoint, like inside a week of him starting and we, and we couldn't do it. And it basically turned into like, I used to go to the, I used to drive down to Wegmans like around the corner from Kane and come back with a rotisserie chicken and just say, Kevin, like, this is your lunch. You need to eat the whole thing. I got to put some meat on you. <laughs> yeah. Did it work? Um, no, he didn't eat a goddamn thing, but you know what? He's a, uh, he's head brewer up in, uh, up in Rhode Island right now. So, you know, I, I guess maybe kind of, there you go. Um, he's, uh, he's kicking some ass. Taproot in the brewery. How long were you brewing over at Kane? 
Ah, uh, uh, two, three years. I don't know. All melts together at some point. But yeah, like I would say it's all two, three years. I was living in Westfield, not far from from Jimbo Slice, who was, uh, I understand, was on the podcast a couple of days ago. Yeah, he was guest number two. Ooh, right on. Uh, yeah, no, Jim, uh, Jim and I were, we, I guess we were living like a block away from each other at the time. Uh, maybe only saw him like three or four times that entire uh, stay in Westfield. But it was, uh, it was great. What's that? That was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't make, I don't make many appearances in those, in those regards, as I'm sure you know. But I, uh, I try to make them, try to make them worthwhile. When was the last time I saw you? That was uh, that marathon weekend when we went up to the lake house, and then. Oh my god! Oh, that's god. the best lamb stew I've ever had, dude. Actually, it's <laughs> it's the first lamb stew I've ever had. It was fantastic. Oh my god! The four a.m. lamb stew. Who who cooks lamb stew at 4 a.m.? Psychopaths. Oh, yeah. Hey, so I had to look up what uh what was that what was the word here? Mike Jones is a is a is a basically just saying you're a Renaissance man, but po- polymath. Oh, polymath, yeah. Yeah, polymath. I, know, I learned a new word today. That was yeah, cool. Jason yeah. and I did about uh five minutes on the word polymath on our last podcast. I guess polymaths cook lamb stew, where I am. Yeah, he's a big Isaac Asimov fan. I hope I got that name right. And he learned that word from the back of one of his books, and he was really mad that I implemented it before he did. It's a good word. Hey, you had to sometimes beat people with punches to play to make. <laughs> uh, Are you a Gangs of New York guy? Gangs, yeah, for sure. One of my favorite <laughs> scenes in that movie, there's a bunch of great scenes, just because Daniel Day is a freak. But uh, <laughs> it's right when Leo goes onto the boat with the guys and steals the bodies. Okay. Before the guy calls him a chiseler. Or no, he calls him a, a flipping bends. What was that word? Anyway, uh, Daniel Day's reading the headline. He goes, "What's that word?" And Leo goes, "Oh, it means like a ghost." He goes, "No, I didn't mean. I didn't ask what it means. I asked what the word is. Ghoul, ghoul. That's a good word." And just hearing this guy who doesn't know words have an appreciation for words made me like the character that much more. I mean, I know it was long-winded, but you didn't have to hang up on me. Oh, fucking Joe. I mean, anyone listening who knows Joe is not surprised that somehow he's disconnected. I don't know if he hit the mute button. He's going through a tunnel. But it could be anything. I think it was the fiddling bins from that movie. Right when Leo gets into the fight where they do the, the fist up, fist, fisticus thing. Oh, you almost got fish hooked by a Joe's killing me right now. I got I don't have any pre- stuff prepared to talk to about by myself. Jeans. There yeah. he is. All right. So yeah, apparently so if my phone goes on uh So yeah, I had a lot of things to say. I just I guess none of them came out. No, um yeah, no. I was, great I was, to I was be back. Nonsense for 30 seconds. <laughs> so yeah, apparently if my phone goes to standby mode, uh I lose it. Oh, really? So I'm just going to sit here like an asshole poking the button. Um, <laughs> uh, I was talking about Daniel Day liking words, ghoul. Oh, yeah, no, dude, I like words too. Big fan. Big fan of words. Big words. I uh, don't know many of them, but hey, you what are you going to do? One. Yeah, right? Polymath. Um, where were we before that? What brought up the words? I totally forgot now. That break totally threw me off. 
Uh, oh, we we're talking about the lake house and the. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> what a what a trip, man, dude! You were a trooper that trip. Like I I texted you at like it wasn't even early. It was like seven thirty or it might have been later than that, like nine o'clock on a Friday. No, it was around then. It was around seven. It was still light out. Okay, it was still late. Yeah, so yeah, like seven o'clock on a Friday, and I was like, "You won't." And of course, like that's the easiest way to go to you into doing fucking anything. Um, yeah, dude, like, it, like you just basically said okay, and that was it. And then an hour and a half later, you just rolled up. <laughs> it was awesome with lamb stew fixings and oysters. And oysters, yeah, and dude, you you had pageantry about it. Like you didn't let anyone know that you had these things. It was just you know midnight on Saturday, oysters happened. <laughs> And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then at some point around 4 a.m. Sunday morning, lamb stew happened. And like, I, I, you know, I was ready to go to bed. I was ready to go to bed when lamb stew happened. You know, we were talking, we were having a great conversation. I was like, you know what? It's getting close to four. And you were like, hey, give me a minute. You went outside, came back with lamb. What are we supposed to do at that point? Stayed up and ate it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because the thing is, uh, Justin got me going. There's any kind of food weirdness I love, and apparently he's all about oysters. I didn't know that about him, but he, I guess it was Johnny Mac's sister, used to make fun of him for only having oysters on his Instagram, and she called it Oystergram. And he started hashtagging Oystergram. <laughs> I started hashtagging Oystergram. So if I'm going up to his place, I'm not going to not bring oysters. Are you, a, are you a curb guy? A curb guy? Yeah, yeah, big curb guy. But I didn't see the last episode. Okay. I just, uh, I just want to say, like, I'm sure you saw the, the, you know, the John Hamm episode recently, where where he he's just shadowing Larry David to learn who Larry David is as, as a human. Tremendous episode. Justin, uh, Justin definitely had more than his oyster allotment in uh, in what it is that you put out there. Like, I'm pretty sure you put out like 24 oysters, and and Justin probably had like 16 himself. Can't be mad. His lake house, but just well went well over his allotment. I would have to agree with you in that it's his lake house, and I brought them for him because I knew it was it was for him. Like I love oysters, and we we had a great time eating them. But I knew that he would appreciate it. But yeah, he definitely had a little uh, Christian Slater in him right there. So up at the lake, there's that there's this bar called Romans. Romans is like this old like Civil War bar right on a rail line that like it was a Civil War hospital at some point. But it's got a big backstory and a lot of weird stuff going on. Um, what was your take of that place? Um, that place is definitely weird. But I didn't not like it. I didn't need to stay there as long as we stayed there. <laughs> it was a nice change of pace. There were some characters there. But once Justin started getting into the fight with the old lady who cursed like a sailor and was smoking Marlboro Reds. The old lung dart, yeah. She wanted to throw down. I was like, dude, we, we, we can get out of here. <laughs> we, should, we should go. We should time. go. And another thing. That might have been a different time. Or this might have been a different time. But the bowling, I was very disappointed by the bowling. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it. Uh, so, yeah, there's a bowling alley in the top of this place, right? Like you can go upstairs and, like, set your own pins and just start bowling. And it's it's crazy that it exists, period, in my mind. But, like, it's a thing you can do. And and it, it, it at times has been, like, amazingly fun. But, like, 
yeah, I buy it. Like it's, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. I set more time setting pins just like while, while you and, and McGregor just like overhand pitched at them. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I, I didn't quite get the charm. Maybe there wasn't enough alcohol in my system because I came late to the party, but I didn't get the charm of it. I was like, what? This is like a weird, creepy, it felt like a church attic. And yeah, you had to, by set your own pins, we actually had to walk down after every toss and put the pins back up. It's a lot harder than it seems. It's a lot, yeah, it's, a, it's very labor intensive. And in like, you know, six, seven beers in, it's uh, it leaves it, a lot to be desired setting pins. That, that walk got longer and longer after every beer. Oh, God. Yeah, I just started sitting up there with my own beer. I don't need to throw anymore. I'll just wait, set them, go. And what was the first place we went to? That was like right around the corner, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the uh, the stick it in, the stick, the it taco in. joint, right? Yeah, the stick it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's actually it's a wonderful, wonderful place. Um, it's owned by a guy and his partner uh, from the city, and the uh, the stick it in, um, exactly as it sounds, um. Uh, has has a bunch of uh, hotel rooms that you can rent, and, but it makes amazing tacos. Like counterintuitively, the stick it in is all about the taco, and uh, and they uh, it's it's a fantastic fantastic place in the middle of an intersection in upstate New York. Huge huge fan. No 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 no. I mean, I remember we went past that place and you told me about it. Yeah, that's the stick it in. And there were several jokes about that. But we were at the place across the street from that that had the wings. Oh, yeah, BVH. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, sorry, there was, a, there was a lot of beers that were had, and I was not the one driving. Me neither. Uh, yeah, John, you still there? I'm here. All right, sorry. Uh, my phone's doing, doing crazy phone things right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, John, can I, can I cut out? <laughs> Let <me> <laughs> It sounds like you have emphysema right now. What's up? It sounds like you have emphysema right now. You got a weird static uh, right here. Uh, dude, so I uh, I listened to I listened a portion of a podcast the other day on that note, and uh, you know I uh, <laughs> I yeah. So on the food topic again, again, best fucking food Instagram in the game right now. Um, Taste is taste is taste. That's one of the five senses, and we all know that smell is is just as important. Sure. <sighs> this is going to be really entertaining for anyone that knows Joe, because if you listen to the first three of these, they went seamlessly, and of course, <laughs> for some reason, once I have Joe on. There's all these technical difficulties. He sounds like a creature from the Black Lagoon for some reason. I don't know why. But there Hey, Jones, you still there? You still I'm there? I'm still here, buddy. All right. Sorry, bud. Um, yeah, no, what I was saying was that, like, I was listening to one of these podcasts we had the other day, and uh, you, uh, you know, everyone knows that, like, taste and smell together are a collective sense, right? So it's like right. one of, it's like two of the five are, are one. But I was listening to uh, the beginning of the pod- podcast that you did by Jason, who I, I believe we, we were hanging out with quite a bit when we were both in California at the same time. Um, but yeah, uh, right. he came out, yeah, 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 no, dude, it was awesome, great guy. Uh, but 
as far as like the sense of taste goes, I didn't realize that there could be a third sense involved in it. And uh, I listened to you enjoy Citrus Blend. And it was, it was spectacular. I was a huge fan of it. <laughs> Blew my mind. Now that's funny. <laughs> You're the second person to bring that up. I should be more <laughs> cognizant of it, but I really don't care. But like when I go over them and I'm like entering all my dumb hashtags, I'm like, oh yeah, anybody who knows <laughs> can hear that. <laughs> but I bet a bunch of people that don't know have no idea what's going on. And I'm fine with both. I don't care. But yeah, yeah. I've, never heard, I've never heard a taste before, but like I, I really, <laughs> like literally did. Well, that, that actually leads into what we were talking about. You're talking about cooking those pork chops, which I'm glad to hear turned out great. You got, or you volunteered to cook some pork chops for a bunch of people. Yeah, I yeah. Told you, I, the only way to know when it's done is to touch it. Amazingly helpful, and I was able to to adopt that to some chicken the other day too, which was which was great, right? Like just really starting to understand how how that's going to change, and using that as a as a, a sense of touch as far as, as what what um you know it's 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 cook statuses, and it, it dude it was awesome, um, dude. So I had this, I had these. Uh, I was out in Utah. I did that. I did that crazy COVID thing that people that some people did at the outset of this whole thing, where flights got real cheap and i uh i ended up going out to utah to park city which was great it's skiing awesome time but while i was out there uh, i was meeting up with some people that were already taking a trip um the lady alexandra the beautiful lady alexandra who sends her regards by the way um our uh she uh out there with her and her family and uh and, and some extended family and friends and like you said volunteered to cook some pork chops and uh they they had they had a uh a natural, they had a gas grill that was like attached to a, a regulator that you can adjust, which is something that like I only have like at my parents' house from brewing. Like I was able to convince my dad to attach a, a 30 psi regulator to a gas grill. You can just you can just get this thing to to heat a home if you really wanted it to. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I basically was able to set up the one burner on one side, much like and took page out of your book, like separating the coals on one side of the grill uh, to create an oven on one side, but also direct heat and, and, and giant temp on the other side. And it worked amazingly well, dude. Those things came out, those things came out fantastically. And biggest thing, the rest. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the advice. Game changer in how these things came out. Oh, yeah, that's probably the actual first rule of cooking meat. No, the first rule, and I don't know if Scott's going to be listening, not Scotty Bro, Scott McGrath. He's doing the carnivore diet, and he's not, he doesn't cook at all. And his first, like, day three, he was grilling a steak, a good-looking steak. And when he flipped it, he took a pair of, not tongs, like, you know, the two-pronged fork, like the grill fork, and he stuck it in and flipped it over. And I said, Scott, do me a personal favor. Get yourself a pair of tongs and flip the steak <laughs> next time. You cannot do, use the do, do me a personal favor and that thing you did. Never, ever, ever do it again. <laughs> exactly. That make that the last time, and I'll be in your debt. And yeah, rule number one is don't pierce the meat. Don't pierce the meat. Just don't do it. Don't do it. And I was happy to see on his next carnivore day four grill sesh, he had a pair of tongs and he flipped it. I said, "Hey, love those tongs, man." He said, "I did that just for you." So that made me happy. I'm trying to be the change I want to see in the world. 
what is the carnivore diet? This is news to me. Oh, it's just what it sounds like. You can probably guess what the carnivore diet is. Just you just eat you just eat shit tons of meat. You eat only meat. All you that's, eat is animal that's, protein. That sounds so unhealthy. It sounds it's, so unhealthy. Does it work? Okay, can I lose weight doing that? Can I like only eat things that I actually enjoy eating and then also lose weight? Is well, that, first of all, is that, is that I possible? Should, I should say to anyone listening, I am not a uh, a doctor. <laughs> nor, nor am I a nutritionist. All I know of the carnivore diet is I've heard stories of people who had allergic reactions to everything they ate. Everything gave them horrible, horrible digestive side effects. They couldn't figure out what it was. It wasn't colitis. It wasn't Crohn's disease. It wasn't anything that made sense. They all did elimination diets. And it got to a point where they were eliminating everything except meat. And then once that happened, once they were just eating meat, all their symptoms went away. So that's that's when people started paying attention. Okay, can we just eat meat? And then some psychopath said, let's just see if I can do that, even though I've got no digestive problems. And they did it. They said, like Joe Rogan famously did this. And he said what everyone else said. He lost weight. He put on lean mass. He felt more energized. He slept better. He needed less sleep. And the sleep was better. So it's a thing. But like you said, Intuitively, it sounds very unhealthy. Oh yeah! Oh my god! But you know what? I honestly like what it's 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 whatever works. So, Mister C, you know Mister C, uh, Mister Correa, my pops, I know, I know um, is a uh, he's a vegan now. I heard um, you told me that. I haven't seen Mister C in ages. Dude, he's doing so much better. It blows my mind. And he's the first one to tell you too. He's like, oh, I don't care. Like. Shoot him, shoot him, kill him, whatever. Eat him, enjoy him. They're the best thing going. But he uh, he stopped he stopped eating meat. He stopped eating dairy, and like blood pressure is 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 easily under control and medicated at this point. Like he's feeling fantastic. It's awesome. Um, super super happy for the guy. You know, very very emotionally invested in his well being. But. But yeah, no, no, it's, it's been, it's been great. Uh, but you know, it sounds awesome that you can do the opposite as well. You can, you can just quite literally. <laughs> right. You can cut out Mr. C's entire diet. And just, yeah, focus on the alternative and, and man, as, hey, as long as it works. Man. You know what? Let's give you a late introduction. The folks might not know who you are. This is Joe Correa, head brewer and co-founder of Torch and Crown Brewery. Longtime ah. friend of MJ. The MJ, got to do what you got to do, man. Got to. Got to. You were around in the early... No, you just missed that. That mantra has been around since about 2002. Ooh. Probably the summer of 2002. Where did that come from? I was of the second gen, right? Like, right. you know, you created something and then we adopted it and, and tried to run it as far out as we could because it, it resonated with us. But where, where did GWYGD come from? I couldn't even tell you. In high school, like, I'm a weird guy now. Everyone's weird in high school. Everyone's weirder. That's not even true. I think people do get weirder as they get older. Anyway, in high school, everyone's kind of doing their thing. And I just kept saying it because. How should I say this? I wasn't one who liked to answer a lot of questions just because I'm not a big question answering guy. My my real I just answer, I, I want my answer to be you ask me a question, I say none of your business. 
So okay. It's a very good generic stock reply to anything. Hey, man, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I don't know. Cool. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we adapted it as a, as a team and a mantra, and it was, it was great, man. Like, it, uh, it defined, I think, you know, multiple generations of, uh, of people that have gone through that program. Big shout-out to Ralph, right? Can you talk to Ralph recently? Ralph Pacifico. The uh, the 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 heart and soul of MK baseball. Yeah, have you talked to him recently? How's he doing? Uh, the last time I saw Ralph was at Dip's funeral. Oh, right. Yeah. We went over that on Jimmy's podcast. Before that, I hadn't seen him since Tommy's wedding. Before that, I hadn't seen him since uh, Jimmy's wedding. So yeah, no, I, I'm not in contact with Ralph. I hear he's doing well. He looks fine at the funeral. Amy was still Amy. She's still a sweetheart. The girls, though. The girls are grown up. It's so weird. I expected the girls to be, you know, kids. And Paige is coming with her boyfriend. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who's this guy who's dating little Paige? Oh, God. Oddly protective, right? It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, I haven't seen Paige yeah. in 10 years, but still, it's like, is this? did anybody check this guy out? Is he okay? I <laughs> Oh, no, no, nor should you have. Gina Bina is like five ten. Yeah, so she's taller than I am. You know who's tall? Oh my god, it blew my mind, and I'm upset about it. Like genuinely, um, shouldn't be, but am. Uh, Gina's taller than me. I don't like right. it. Um, uh, I've had the same feeling with my brother. My brother Jack is uh, is you know he's he's like six two at this point. And I, I take a look at this kid, and I look at my parents, and I'm like, what the hell did you feed me when I was growing up? Like, what did you feed him that you didn't feed me? Seriously. Like, I can't imagine him. Like, I've seen pictures of him, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Because the last time I saw him was probably at your college graduation. Oh, God, what a night, too. That night was tremendous, by the way. <laughs> and yeah, he was still, like, what, 11, 12 years old? He was a kid. Now he's a giant. Yeah. Oh man, my favorite my favorite moment of that night is uh, Brian McDonough walked into a uh, walked into the party late as always, um, as I would. I'm oh, not gonna knock it. Pot in the kettle right there. <laughs> uh, but McDonough walked in, and my mom took one look at him and said, "Hey, you look hungry. Got some food." <laughs> Just started making him a plate, and he didn't know what to do. He was like, "Oh yeah, well, no, yeah, I am quite hungry. <laughs> what do you got?" Uh, He's a funny kid slash sick fuck. <laughs> oh, uh, last time I saw last time I saw him was that was that weekend we were talking about earlier up at the lake. He made some lamb stew, and I guess that's the end of it, right? Is that, that there was a there was a lamb stew, and then all of a sudden the following day was a was a was a thing in a place, and we ended up hanging out with, with Jimmy and Mr. Rue and, and Michael and Brian and Tommy, Tommy and, and Lisa showed up. They found a babysitter. I don't know how, how that happened, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and at that, we were watching some game and Brian was on the phone for about three hours with the cable company because they ordered the <laughs> NFL package and they didn't have access to one game. And he negotiated down their whole contract for the next like three years or something. Bit lawyer, and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and yeah, no, I mean, I learned a thing or two about negotiation that day, and uh, uh, that was that was that was wild, man. He, uh, you know, it was funny because he had the over on the game, 
and and the over was going to hit and and you would have thought that he would have been watching that game but he was much more much more interested in winning that uh that phone battle with Comcast than he was <laughs> than he was the game itself and because uh, that battle he could he had a uh, he could influence he had a say in that one the game, he can't control the game but he could control that conversation he wasn't losing that one Oh, dude, you always have a say in the over, though. I, I refuse to believe that. <laughs> refuse to believe that you can't influence the over. That's a Mr. Roos special. Oh, I have a very important question for you. Yeah, what's up? And I've actually meant to ask you this for a while, and now I guess it's a good time to ask. Are you ever going to produce a light beer that is designed and conceived for someone like me? Because I don't even know what the craft world is really like. I don't know what that space is like. I don't drink too many craft beers. I mean, I drink craft beers if my friend brews them, but that's not my world. Is there a market, not even a market, in the craft beer space do people attempt ultralight lagers? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, it there's a, I'll, I'll going to answer with an aside uh, to start, but like the hardest beers to brew are the simplest ones, right? Like, um, and a lot of brewers gravitate towards, uh, towards things like light lagers or lagers in general, because, um, you know, like a, in the craft beer space, like you're suggesting, uh, there's a lot of really flavorful, intense, high alcohol products that there's a lot of demand for. And it's why as brewers, we got, we got doing what we, what we do. Right. But, um, but also at the, at the end of the day, people love a shift beer. People love, people love the, the lawnmower beer to, to, right. to make exactly. it. Um, and it's a nice way to turn off the job in a way, right? to enjoy a beer and turn the job off that like, I'm just, I just want something, that's simple, but well executed, I suppose, like, you know, like cooking a steak where you, all you do is, is, is add some salt to it and grill it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's its own very fundamentally sound product. Um, and, and a lot of that, um, exists in that lager space. So most, most brewers enjoy, enjoy that thing, but it's an interesting question. Cause like, uh, there's some breweries that are doing it like night shift up in Boston, um, like actually Everett, but like Boston suburb is, uh, is producing what they call nightlight and it is that beer. And, uh, there's two, it's twofold, right? Like it's, it's one, it's, there's a portion of it that that's what a brewer wants to drink at the end of his day, but also that it's the most fundamentally difficult beer to brew because there's nothing to hide behind, right? Like there's, I can't just throw cinnamon or chocolate or coffee or, or something at the beer to make it taste interesting and new and and be intense like exactly. it is it is about the delicacy and 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 the nuance of flavor that exists in something so simple um so in many ways it's the most it's the most challenging and fun style of beer to brew and there's a there's a reason that budweiser is as as successful as it is and miller's as successful as it is and of course um like uh it's it's the it's the same beer anywhere in the world 
exactly as you expected it to taste. And like, mm. you know, that's, that's, you know, as a, as a craftsman, that's the, that's what people would want to do. That's what they want to, they want to, they want to have that level of, 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 of control and perfection, you know? Right. No, that all makes perfect sense. And it's exactly kind of where my head was at with the same thing, because going back to the lawnmower beer, for me, it's that too. Don't get me wrong, but it's also the way in which I drink beer. Because I, let's say after work, I go to a bar. I want to sit there and I want, I don't know, hang out for 45 minutes to an hour and a half, whatever that time period is. I want to be able to have three or four beers and over an hour and a half, A, not be over the limit, not be hammered. But I want, it's the ceremony of drinking that's fun for me. That's why I drink light beers, because I want to be able to go in there, drink half of it, go, ah, then start my conversation, and then have two more during a good conversation, then go about my way. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I appreciate that, man. I mean, that's that's the fun of, of beer, right? Why it's, why it's, so wine is, wine is interesting because, or, you know, you, got, you have spirits, right? We'll start on one end of the spectrum. You have spirits, and and there might be a, a celebration in which you're going to have a, a bourbon or a, or a scotch or, or or something like that. And so it's like a you have a drink, and that's that's one one level of it. And then uh, wine is lovely because you can put the, the 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 bottle on the table, and it's a table bottle. And and you know there's maybe not four people there, and there's a glass of wine per person. Uh, but beer is is a fundamentally social. Uh, he's just getting to what I wanted to hear, and his phone cut off again. But yeah, talking about wine, I am also a wine fan. I like cheap beer and good to very good wine because like, I'm a red meat cooker. So when I cook one of those really nice inch and a half, two inch ribeyes, I want a glass of 15 bucks and above wine. Because I really do think it balances it out well. And I think that most food tastes better with a glass of wine with it. I'm just starting to get into the whole white wine thing. But I don't know the difference between... Or I don't know how to buy a good $13 bottle of white wine. I just have to trust the uh, the person at the store. And I've been disappointed with what I've gotten. At this point, I can go into a liquor store or a wine store and find a bottle that I'm familiar with and be like, all right, this is going to be good with this steak or this lamb. Or if I'm just in the mood for red wine and I'm having scallops, I can grab a nice Cote de Rhone from a region or a vineyard that I know and it'll be fine. No, yeah, I was just dude. talking to the folks about wine. No, no, I do that. That makes an enormous amount of sense. But I, I got to give you a list of beers, man. Like that can also fill that gap for you. Like uh, I think, I think one of the the beauties of wine is is uh, is the is the history of a, of the specific region region and the tradition in which it's made. And uh, that creates like a, a very fun, fundamentally predictable product <clears throat> in many ways, right? Sure. Um, but like, uh, there's something really cool about beer, especially like in this craft beer renaissance that we've had in the in the U.S. That that uh, you 
there aren't really many rules for what it is that I, I'm trying to do. Like I, I might, I might, or anybody in the craft beer space is, is just creating a beer to, to, to serve a specific purpose. And there's really no, there's really no roadmap or, or tr like there is the tradition of, of the way people have used to make beer, but you know, we're, we're kind of paving our own way at this point. And, and you can make beer specifically for that meal right? Like specifically for that concept or that experience that you're looking to have. Um, so I appreciate your love of wine there, but you got to let me give you a list of beers, man. Like I, I can, uh, in any way that I think that you love wine with food, I can give you a beer that will, that will either match it or, or exceed it in its ability to pair. That's a bold statement coming from, not coming from but coming to someone who you know is not a beer guy like, i don't really like beer i don't and i've tried many many beers i've tried hundreds of beers i i like light beers and i like pilsners i don't like even a deep like the darkest most flavorful most flavorful beer that i really enjoy is a smith's and that's a very light beer like, yeah your, yeah your sub rosa is about as good as a beer can be that I will also let me rephrase that. That's as much as I can like a beer that is at that level of complexity and beyond. Cool. So I got I got a, if, if you like that beer, I got a couple in the pipeline that I think you'll really dig. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the way I think the way we do a round two of this, Jones, is I need you to cook, but you got to give me the menu beforehand, and I'll put the pairings together. And then you can buy you can buy whatever you know thirteen twenty forty dollar bottle of wine you want, but as long as I know what the menu is going to be beforehand, I think that I can put together a, a portfolio that you'll appreciate at least comparably, um, and how it how it how it pairs and how it blends. That's a hell of an idea, but I'll even give you the possession arrow. I'll let you decide what you want to eat and what you think you can best match, and I'll find wines to go with that, and I'll cook all that delicious food because I can cook anything at this point. Okay, I'll buy that. I buy that. I've seen the Instagram. I know it's true. Um, yeah, no, well, yeah. Let's play that game. I'll, uh, I'll put, I'll, I'll put a menu together, but play with it too. Like I, uh, you know, your input is as important as mine on that. In that oh, of course. Right? Like the, uh, you're the food guy. Put the food together. I'll, I'll get the, I'll get the beer together. We'll make it work. Well, you're something of a food guy too. What's a perfect meal for you? Let's say, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna paint a picture for you. Let's say you just had a rough 13 day stretch at work right okay you know you don't i was gonna say work but work week but five days means nothing to you let's say 13 days in a row you somehow figure out all right you know what i'm gonna have the next 36 hours off meaning you leave work at let's call it 5 p.m on tuesday you're not going back in until thursday okay on wednesday what do you want that meal to be a meal that you have time for you can set it up however you want What's an ideal, just get all I can out of this meal, meal for you? Uh, okay. Uh, that's a great question. So uh, there's, a, there's something that you play with that you, you joke about in your, uh, in your Instagram that you can never lemon a chicken enough, right? Or like there's never too much lemon there. Um, I, I, much like I like beer, I like food in the, in the same way. Like I, of course, I love a good steak, but I uh, – I prefer, again, more pronounced, delicate, individualized flavors. Um, so 
So yeah, um, a well seasoned, salted the day before piece of chicken, the right amount of acid attached to it, um, and a and a great salad dressing to to some baby arugula and and and, uh, and baby spinach and um, <clears throat> and dive salad, tricolor salad, right? Um, and uh, and keep it simple, keep it clean, clean flavors. That's my Clean food, right? Like there's clean food and there's dirty food. Sushi's clean, salad's clean, chicken's clean. You know, uh, chocolate's dirty, uh, fat is dirty, but that's not a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I like I like lean, I like clean, I like uh, I like compartmentalized uh, flavor, and that would be a great meal to have to come off of a real um, real work shift like that. That makes sense. But it's also amazing to me how under, I don't want to say underappreciate, underutilized chicken is in this country because everyone has access to chicken. It's reasonably priced. You can buy a whole chicken. You can do so much delicious things with that. And it's so, I don't want to say it's easy because that's a little snobby. It's very simple to cook a chicken. And to learn how to cook a chicken properly is not difficult. It does take time. It takes practice. But once you know how to cook a chicken, the sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want with it, right? It's a blank canvas, and that's and that's part of the that's part of the beauty of it. Um, so I'm with you. That's I mean, what you just described—a well cooked chicken, well seasoned chicken with a simple salad. That's what I have maybe four nights a week when I'm not Instagramming. That's my standard things, like only a third of a chicken, a big salad with just lettuce and some avocado in it. Oh. I usually have leftover chicken in the same salad, and life is good. You know what? I, you know what? I didn't add to that, but it is definitely needed in this. Hmm. You need you need your mutts, you need your you need your you need your tomatoes, you need your basil, you need your you need your Jersey loaf of bread, olive oil, balsamic, great balsamic. I can never can never spend too much money on olive oil. Can never spend too much money on balsamic. Um, that that's that's my ideal meal. You know, balsamic is something that I've never owned. I've never owned a really good bottle of balsamic, but I've tasted it. I've had it at restaurants, and of course, you can obviously taste the difference. But for some reason, I've never made that splurge. Mainly because a I don't cook with much balsamic. I know you're not supposed to cook with that one, but I don't eat too much bread. I, I don't have I don't make those kind of meals where I have a loaf of bread with it too. But if I did, I'm totally with you. I appreciate it, man. Jones, I got to go back to, uh, to cleaning the tank in a minute, but it's been, it's been awesome chatting with you. Um, cleaning the tank. You, What's up? Yeah, no, cleaning the tank. I don't know if you guys can hear it in the background, but that spray ball is humming at this point. Um, he's out there making beer for the people. He's still delivering to the people of New York City and Brooklyn. And Brooklyn, and we're launching Queens tomorrow. Um, yeah, so if you're, if you're in the city and you need some beer and all that jazz, uh, torchandcrown.com, um, hit us up. It's a clean, easy uh, drop-off in 23rd Street or less. We are same day. We are within the half-hour delivery window at this point for, for that portion of the city. And, and the rest of it, we've got a, a couple windows over the course of the day. If you need it for happy hour, it's yours. Well, shit, to my six listeners in New York, there you go. Joe, always a pleasure. Thanks for being on. Love you, Mike. I'll talk to you soon, all right? Take it easy, man.